It is Monday, September 7th. On today's episode of Tiger Minds, these are the main headlines. Robots are being trained to perform contact-free measurements of patients' vital signs in hospitals. Can your cell phone be recharged using your body heat? How does a baseball player know when to swing and when not to? We discuss the neuroscience behind split-second decision-making. A biotech company develops an ingestible device for treating stomach ailments. Finally, what is quantum internet and can it make internet hacking a thing of the past? New discoveries and innovations in science, politics, finance, and culture that direct the course of our future are reported daily in academic journals but rarely make it to the mainstream news. These research journals contain transformative ideas and discoveries from the sharpest minds around the world. In this podcast, we study the research papers and bring you the main ideas so you stay sharp and prepared to make timely and intelligent decisions. I'm your host, Daniel Fengon. Welcome to Tiger Minds. Good day, folks. Happy Labor Day. Today, we begin with research from MIT in collaboration with Boston Dynamics, where researchers have developed robots to remotely measure a patient's vital signs in hospitals. Now, don't you wish you had a Rosie in your life? You know who I'm talking about, the enduring and efficient robot maid from the show The Jetsons. Rosie the Robot Maid. Well, looks like scientists at MIT and Boston Dynamics have done even better. They have developed a robot nurse who can remotely measure a patient's vital signs. The robots developed by this team are controlled by a handheld device. It can also carry a tablet that allows doctors to ask patients about their symptoms without being in the same room as the patients. Now, during this current coronavirus pandemic, one of the riskiest part of a healthcare worker's job is assessing people who have symptoms of COVID-19. While a lot of efforts have gone into developing risk-mitigating strategies in all aspects of life, not much has been made in terms of keeping doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers in hospitals or clinical settings safe. These brave healthcare workers are putting their lives at risk by exposing themselves to the risks of the patients. And there has been quite a few cases, unfortunately, around the world where healthcare workers have gotten infected via patient exposure. So wouldn't it be great if healthcare workers could remotely measure and monitor vital signs that usually contain some early indication of COVID or other infectious diseases. The robot being tested for this purpose is one developed by Boston Dynamics. You must have seen their videos on YouTube. The team used a robot known as Spot, which has four legs and can walk similarly to a dog and has four cameras mounted on it. Healthcare workers can maneuver the robot to wherever the patient is sitting, use a handheld controller, and it can measure vitals including skin temperature, breathing rate, pulse rate, and blood oxygen saturation. In this study, the researchers performed the measurements on healthy volunteers, and they are now making plans to test this robotic approach in people who are showing symptoms of COVID-19 in hospital emergency departments. This would allow the robots to continuously monitor patients and also allow the doctors to check on them via tablet without having them to enter the room. Both of these applications would require approval from the US FDA in order for it to be available, but this is very exciting news coming from MIT and Boston Dynamics that they're using this robot to potentially have a method for remotely monitoring patients without exposing the risks to healthcare workers in hospitals. Scientists from the National Institute of Science and Technology in Russia have developed a new type of energy-efficient device, thermocells, that convert heat into energy. 
reported in the journal Renewable Energy, the article points out that this discovery will make possible the creation of portable batteries that can be applied directly to any surface, including clothing, to generate electricity directly from the surface of the body. Electricity is typically generated or produced in power plants by generators driven usually by heat engines. Many of the current methods have relied on fossil fuels, and there has been considerable interest in developing renewable sources of energy. Thermoelectricity, which is electricity obtained, as the name suggests, from heat, due to the temperature potential differences, is one of the most promising areas of green or renewable energies. This is electricity produced by differences in temperature or temperature gradients. And such temperature gradients are all around us. For example, most things under the sun goes through temperature changes throughout the day. Even a building itself can be heated in the sun, but also, most obviously, even the heat of the human body is a temperature gradient as well. So if this is common knowledge, why haven't we been using temperature gradients to produce electricity using thermocells? As you guessed, the problem is that modern thermocells have a very low output power. The power generated by these thermocells are certainly not enough to cater to the electricity needs of modern society. Scientists from this institute have found a solution to this problem by developing a new type of thermocell consisting of metal oxide electrodes and an aqueous electrolyte. In this case, nickel oxide electrode in water. The paper claims that this combination will increase the current while simultaneously reducing the internal resistance of the element, which is what you ideally need from an efficient thermocell, high current, low resistance. In addition, this new thermocell claims to have a high Seebeck coefficient. The Seebeck coefficient of a material is the measure of the voltage produced due to the temperature difference across that material. And this new thermocell developed by this team claims to have a high Seebeck coefficient as well as increased efficiency. One of the most exciting implications of this discovery is that the high Seebeck coefficient will allow even the heat of the human body to be harnessed as the temperature gradient. In addition, this method reduces the cost of production and increases the safety of the system as a whole. Of course, a lot more work is left to do and several factors need to be optimized like the chemistry of the electrode material and the design of the thermocell, all aimed at achieving an increase in the output power. But this research holds promise for a future where we could be charging our devices using temperature gradients, including our own body heat. How neat! Millisecond decisions are made all the time, some a lot more frequently than others. What goes on in the brain of a baseball player as the ball approaches what decides when to swing the ball and when not to? What about a driver who pushes the brake as the car in front of them makes an unexpected stop? If you are a baseball player awaiting the ball approaching you, or you are a high-frequency stock trader on Wall Street watching stock prices and deciding when to buy and sell, Split-second decisions are made, and it is not yet known what part of the brain controls it. Until now, according to a new research from University of Colorado, it has been discovered that a little understood region of the cerebellum, which is a part of the brain, plays a critical role in making split-second decisions. In this study published in Nature Communications, the scientists used a multi-photon microscope that recorded from the brains of rodents, which we have earlier talked about is a common model system in neuroscience, to ask this question about split-second decision-making. The researchers focused on specific types of cells, particularly on the molecular layer interneurons, 
in a part of the brain known as the cerebellum. The rodents were trained on what is known as a go-no-go task. A go-no-go task is a common task type in experiments in psychology and neuroscience, where the goal is to test for inhibition in your brain. In other words, the go means you do a task, and the no-go means you are aware of what you must do, but the goal is to stop yourself from doing it. This allows neuroscientists to see what your brain does during inhibitory control or when you inhibit yourself. When the scientists looked at these MLI neurons in the cerebellum, the rodents were less effective in making these go-no-go decisions. The authors claim that the decision indicate that these particular neurons have a role in learning about valence. Now, valence helps us determine whether something is good or bad, evaluate the positive and negative consequences of an action before performing the act. Now, the cerebellum has long been associated with movement and balance. The cerebellum is also associated with other non-motor-related conditions, even implicated in autism spectrum disorders. So while most learning is thought to happen in your cortex, or the cortical part of your brain, turns out a lot of learning goes on inside the cerebellum as well. And this study points out that the cerebellum may also have a critical part in split-second decision-making. Next, in biotech device development, a new line of research from an international team of researchers have created an ingestible device that can fix itself to the stomach wall and treats ailments by delivering electrical pulses. In their research published in the journal Science Advances, the group describes their novel therapy that overcomes many of the problems with current devices on the market used to treat certain stomach ailments. Over the past several decades, medical scientists have learned that the gastrointestinal tract does a lot more than just digest our food. It is also involved in chemical processes that regulate critical parts of our life. There is even some evidence that problems in the gut could contribute to some conditions including Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. Because of that, scientists have been working to cure or treat conditions that disrupt the GI process, many of which unfortunately end up being antagonistic to the stomach digestion because it interferes with the contraction process, which is a critical part of food breakdown in your stomach. Unfortunately, treating such conditions has proven to be problematic as a result. The current approach involves surgery to implant devices that send electrical pulses to the stomach wall causing them to contract due to the electrical pulses. But surgery to the stomach is considered to be very risky, and there has been a lot of efforts aimed at developing surgery-free solutions. So in this new effort, the researchers say that they have developed an edible, or precisely, an ingestible capsule that when swallowed, it latches onto the stomach wall and it emits electrical signals to treat GI dysfunctions. Now, compared to medicinal capsules or pills, this new device or this new device capsule, if you will, is slightly larger. And at the moment, the device has worked as expected only in test pigs. But the researchers plan to continue their work by checking for unwanted side effects for humans. Because essentially, this new surgery-free solution should potentially outweigh the risks of actual surgery. So there are, of course, FDA regulatory processes that it will need to complete, but this line of work adds to new discoveries aimed at delivering interventions for diseases 
with much more precision and timing that pills are fundamentally unable to do. And finally, let's talk about the internet. Security risks are continuing to plague the internet. With more and more people working from home, many people have become more aware of the security risks of sending sensitive information via the internet. At the moment, the best we can do is encryption. This is just making it difficult to intercept and hack our messages that we send through the internet. So it is just making it difficult, but it doesn't mean it is impossible. In new research published in the journal Science Advances, a new breakthrough has been suggested in developing a quantum internet, in which, as the article says, data is secure, connections are private, and your worries about information being intercepted are a thing of the past. Sounds great, but wait, there's more. Currently, the state of the art for protecting online data is to encrypt it using mathematical problems that are easy to solve if you have a digital key to unlock the encryption. But without the digital key, it is hard to do it. But certainly, it is not impossible. With enough time and enough computer power, today's methods of encryption can, in fact, be broken. The quantum communication talked about in this paper, on the other hand, creates these keys using individual particles of light, photons, which, according to the principles of quantum physics, are impossible to make an exact copy of. Any attempt to copy these keys will unavoidably cause errors that can be detected. This means a hacker, no matter how clever or powerful they are, or what kind of supercomputer they have, cannot replicate a quantum key or read the message that it encrypts. This seems like a thing that would take a long time to implement, but turns out this concept has already been demonstrated in satellites and over fiber optic cables, and in fact is the method used to send secure messages between different countries. So why are we not already using it in our everyday life? The problem is that it requires expensive specialized technology that means it is not currently scalable. Now, since many of us, including myself, are not experts in quantum physics, the author of this paper goes on to give a pretty simplified explanation of the basic principle. Previous quantum communication techniques were like pairs of walkie-talkies. You would need one pair of handset for every pair of users that want to securely communicate. As you can imagine, this is not practical, because someone would have to have a separate device for every single person or website they want to communicate with over the internet. So, this particular approach has figured out a new way to securely connect every user with just one device each, more similar to the phones that we have today than the walkie-talkies. So why does this work? This is possible because of another principle of quantum physics called entanglement. The basic principle here is that two photons can appear to behave the same way even if they are far apart from each other and they can never be exactly the same or even copies of each other. And how is it used? So when two users want to communicate, the transmitter sends them an entangled pair of photons, one particle of light for each user. The user's devices then performs a series of measurements on these photons to create a shared secret quantum key. They can then encrypt their messages with this key and transfer them securely. And then, using more common telecommunication techniques like multiplexing, the entangled photon pairs can be sent effectively to multiple combinations of people at once. In its implementation, the authors have started small and so far tested this concept by connecting eight users across a single city. 
and they are now working to improve the speed of the network and interconnect several such networks. This technology certainly has a lot of implications. In particular, this kind of quantum internet could lead to a major breakthrough such that malicious internet hacking will forever could be a thing of the past. And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast, where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please check the show notes for the research publications relevant to the topics we discussed today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast for episode previews. I'm Daniel Thengone. See you next time.